Welcome to Financial Wellness at Work, the only podcast devoted to sharing the stories of everyday employees who have transformed their financial lives by giving financial coaching a try. Welcome to Financial Wellness at Work. My name is Liz Davidson, and I'm your host. I am founder and CEO of Financial Finesse, the leading provider of workplace financial wellness as an employee benefit, so employees can change their financial lives. I have with me Christina Keck. So, Christina, take it away with your bio and experience. (laughs) Thank you, Liz. I'm Christina Keck. I'm the practice leader for Woodrow Sawyer. So I'm a retirement plan consultant and absolutely passionate about financial wellness. Actually, Woodrow Sawyer is all in on financial wellness. So super excited to have this podcast with you today and and share best practices and really great ideas for our employers to take away. And we've known each other, been working together for 15 15 years. years. So, you know, to hear inside jokes or banter, you know, over time, the mystery will be unveiled. But Christina was one of the earliest adopters of financial wellness and really has led the retirement industry. So thought it was very appropriate to have her here. We also have joining us from small town, Julie Everett, who is one of our financial coaches. I'm going to have Julie kind of share a little bit about her journey to financial finesse mm-hmm. and you know why financial coaching because really i mean you could pretty much do anything so you know a lot of people end up in the financial industry because it is lucrative or maybe they have a knack for numbers you know that type of thing but for me you know i've managed my own money pretty average you know, like a lot of people, I paid my bills and that was about it. So I started in finance because I had to kind of tripped into it. My dad passed away when I was 25 years old and my mom went from managing her money as a partnership with him to on her own. So as we kind of navigated that space and met with different advisors and accountants and things like that, I saw how empowering it was. I saw that change from her feeling like she was in a chaotic moment to her feeling like I'm going to be okay. And that was really what pushed me into, you know, into that space. And then I, I had that moment for myself and then, you know, became an advisor, which is a very different type of field, but similar. And then moving on to a financial coach where I get to be that catalyst. I get to help them with that education so that they feel empowered themselves. So it's really, it started with your mom but it's taking kind of the lessons of what you learned from her change and evolution to get to a more stable place. And that's what you're doing every day for others. Yep. Seeing her go from being uncertain and being scared and on paper, everything, everything looked fine on paper, but that doesn't matter when you don't feel it. So seeing her make that transition from on paper being okay with professionals saying you're okay to feeling it for yourself. That was just such a nice evolution for me to see in her. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's interesting. You make that point because there are two elements here. One is the stress that you go through, right? I mean, we are all human and I want to really emphasize this for anyone who's listening that may have financial issues, whatever your situation is, For you, it's incredibly personal and it's 
stressful, whether it's a life event or whether you are literally like living in your car, trying to figure out how to get housing. It doesn't matter. Or, you know, we've talked to people that have two or $3 million and, you know, are 67, 68 years old and are saying, you know, am I going to be able to retire on this? Am I going to be able to replace my salary? And it's, it's like, absolutely. And you can leave a legacy, but stress is stress, right? So there are two, I think, major takeaways here. One is how do you reduce this stress? Because what we feel is what we feel, whether regardless of how our situation is. But second is actually taking the actions you need to take to get to a better place. And it sounds like your mom was able to do both. And that's really what we're trying to do with the users we work with. Mm -hmm. But how about where we come from? Yes. Remember? Yes. Where were you in 2019? Yes. And that's another, I think, huge, huge point is we are in a different world. Remote work. I mean, remember when that was controversial and someone you knew would be working from home and You're it was like, like wow. are they really working? They really working? <laughs> I mean, because we've always been pretty liberal with that policy because we're very results oriented and we measure and bonus employees on that. But there was a lot of chatter like, oh, someone said was working from home a lot. Yeah. And then we went from that to that being the norm to now, how do we even socialize again? I mean, it's been a lot mentally, it's been a lot financially. 2019 feels like 30 years ago. It does. So it does. And then you not even to mention what's going on in the last four months and what people internalize. And then so you're talking about mental stress and then blend all that in with financial stress. Yeah. You know, I'd love you to talk about that. I know your firm, you know, you run the retirement side of house, but your firm is a benefits firm, right? So I'm imagining your hearing regularly about, you know, what employers kind of looking to bridge that gap, right? Our employees are mentally struggling. There's a lot of talk about burnout. They're financially struggling. Maybe their health is struggling. I mean, long COVID. I mean, there's just things that weren't even a thing. So how, you know, how is your firm tackling that? And how does financial wellness fit into that greater landscape of Oh my gosh. How do you actually solve for that equation? That's a it's a pretty good question. So our firm, Woodrow Sawyer, again, being that benefits practice centric. I mean, I run the retirement side of the house, but they've been very much engaged with mental stress, financial stress, that sort of thing, bringing us in where where it's appropriate. And what we're seeing, especially internally, because we've embraced it, is Employees who have employers who are addressing mental stress and financial stress, the employees have that sense of better well-being because they know their employers care about them. And at the end of the day, your financial wellness starts at work because that's where your paycheck starts. Yeah. You get your paycheck from work, you get all these benefits. How do you tie it all in? And that's where, again, these programs, these financial wellness programs can help tie all that together to solve for that. Yeah, and I, I want to emphasize, obviously, financial wellness is just part of this much larger movement towards more healthy, happy, engaged employees, right? right? There's mental, we all know that mental strain, this is taken on people and the physical strain, but they're also interrelated and financial stress is the number one stressor and a feeder stress to everything from relationships to your mental health because of the anxiety it causes. So, Really, what we're looking at is 
how can we take this benefit and help employers provide relief to their employees and, and get their employees what they need when they need it so they can kind of have a little breathing room <laughs> and then have the resources to continually progress. And, you know, we've seen it anecdotally, but study after study shows that when people reduce their financial stress, they improve everything from migraines to levels of anxiety and depression to ulcers, chronic sleep, change your money, change your life, right? So I actually want to take a moment now to go on switch gears. We're surprising Julie here with some of the changes that she has made to employees' financial lives. And I want to hear kind of the backstory of how this happened and not only how this impacted the people she worked with financially, but how their life has changed because finances are about much more than money. All right. Ready, Julie? I'm ready. All right. Hi, Julie. I have a good bit of news to update you with. One, our rental home sold in Georgia, finally, for $25,000 over ask. Two, with the proceeds of that, we paid off a car, paid off our student loans in full, have put $30,000 in savings, and have each purchased a $10,000 I-bond. It goes on and on, but basically... That's the heart of the story. So do you remember this caller? I do. So I work with her periodically. We talk every couple of months. And one really cool thing that I want to mention about the sale of their rental home was that, you know, there's this rule when it comes to, you know, if you've used a property for two of the last five years, you know, as your primary residence, you can avoid the capital gains. And for this couple, they didn't meet that requirement. But I dug a little deeper and actually her husband is military. And so that timeline is actually extended. So extra silver lining to that is they're not going to have to pay any capital gains on the sale of that property. So we were super excited. They live in the Midwest right now. They have dreams of moving to the coast. So this is really going to expedite the saving for that place that they have there. They were coming across a lot of the same issues people now of, you know, the bank rates aren't quite keeping up with inflation. So bringing in a tool like I-bonds where, you know, you have the the full faith and security of of the U.S. government behind, you know, opening that. Because quite honestly, people are hearing about, you know, those now and saying, well, where, where have these been? Well, they're tied to inflation. So a year ago, nobody was talking about that. Right. But it was something that we were able to bring in early in the conversation because they don't plan on purchasing this property in Florida for a couple of years. So yeah, this is kind of a, a, a progression where we were able to uncover some, some tax efficiencies there when they sold that initial property, as well as you know a real need to have an emergency fund. This couple has a couple of little kids too. Kids are expensive. They're sticky. They're messy. They're expensive. So <laughs> Set. I know you have that. We all have them, right? Yeah. So, yep. Those are, yeah. are grown, though. Yeah, so. mine are grown. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, being able to include a couple of different tools that are accessible to everybody so that they can get a little bit closer to living on the coast, which they've never done, but they've always wanted to do. So from this story, what are the lessons for those that might be listening and going through similar challenges? What are the lessons to take from this story? 
So for this couple, they had a plan. You know, I think that was a big one. They knew what that goal. It's kind of like, you know, you have to know where you're going on vacation to pack your suitcase. And they were good about that. They knew where they wanted to go. They knew they wanted to go from Midwest to the coast. So I think identifying your plan is an important step. And then beyond that, it's really digging in and seeing what your resources are. You know, they had that, they had that special resource being that, you know, her husband is military that offered them that tax benefit with the sale of their property. I mean, it really, it brought in a lot of different factors into play, but you've got to know where you're going. And then you've got to know what your resources are that you have available that are going to get you there so that you're not just kind of grinding away, you know, like a, a hamster on a hamster wheel. So I think you make an important point that Christina, I'd love you to elaborate on, which is obviously to know where you're going, right? If you have that vision and it's really important and you're reminding yourself of it, you know, it's going to be front of mind and you're going to always, we talk about manifestation and all of that, but it's Mm -hmm. true. But the resources part is really where your benefits come in, right? Absolutely. And so many people have resources. One of our planners calls it a scavenger hunt because it's, oh, yeah. She, I've she's like, talking yes, about that. It yeah. is a scavenger hunt. So, how do you find these resources and leverage them? And, you know, I think most employees are leaving so much on the table. Absolutely. I think that's one of the most important reasons. I mean, we talk about the talent migration and great resignation and, employees leaving work, it's probably because where they are, they don't even realize what they have in, you know, on that scavenger hunt, right? Right. They don't realize what the benefit package looks like. And so if you think a bigger picture, I'm just going to shift gears on you for a minute. (laughs) If you have this really talented person who doesn't realize what benefits they have and they leave, what's the cost to replace that individual, right? I mean, the, the recruitment cost, the Training. training, you know, get yes. them, you know, get them even up I mean, on your system. Just even getting them normalized into the team, right? Well, especially I mean, now just, because they're probably remote. Yes. I mean, we've, I think we've hired like 60 people in the last year at our firm and none of them have met Many their times. colleagues, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you, we used to have a lunch or a breakfast, you know, new hire lunch, whatever. So there's that whole piece of it. So having a partner in the financial wellness space where you can package all that in one place so it's you know easy to get to. And then, of course, the most important thing is just having someone who can give you coaching on how to utilize those benefits even before day one. And that's one of the really great things about financial wellness is unlike your 401k or unlike your benefits where some employers have immediate, but you know a lot of employers have 30-day waits, 90-day waits. You can get your offer letter, and if you have a really good integrated financial wellness program, you know that HR team can hand that letter over and say, "Hey, here's who you contact." They can tell you all about your benefits. No, by the way, if your spouse or partner is the one that makes those decisions, they have access to it. And it's really bearing out. Employees are sixty percent less likely to leave within twelve months if they feel their employer has a really good comp and benefits package and is providing them with the resources to maximize that. actually use it. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, 60% yeah, is huge in the great resignation, right? Yeah. 80% of employees have significantly more loyalty to their employers if they feel that they have the benefits and financial wellness coaching 
to really maximize the offering that their employers is making available. So, I mean, there's we could go on and on and on and on with stats. Ninety-eight percent, yes, ninety-eight percent. We do love numbers here. You financial finesse, imagine that. Ninety-eight percent of employers are recognizing this is their responsibility. Because now with all the benefits and all the chaos going on with inflation and market changes and volatility and the great resignation, if they don't address this issue... They will lose their, their employees. employees. Will do for them, right? Exactly. Gonna, and how am I going to how am I going to address the issue? I'm, I'm going to get go. a better paycheck because I don't really understand the value of my benefits. So maybe yeah. I'm actually worse off because I don't have as high of a match or you know as good yeah. health care or whatever. But that check is a little higher, and I understand that, and I'm leaving. Yep. Peace out. Exactly. So big, big, big issue today. But going back to employees, because that's really at the end of the day, if you're not providing a benefit that really changes, and we call it CFL here at Financial Finance, changes financial lives, what's it's, the point? What's the point? It doesn't yeah. matter. So I'm going to continue to surprise. Story? I'm going to ah. surprise. I'm shuffle these, <laughs> like surprise Julie. And for background, we get regular thank yous from our coaches that they pass on anonymized. So we have no idea you know, who is sending what, but I will say it is incredibly cool to see what happens when someone engages engages and makes a positive financial change and is able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. So here we go. Julie, and I'm reading this for the first time for all you listeners. Thank you so much for all of your advice, which I'm going to say guidance because we provide guidance. We were able to take your guidance to a financial advisor in town. She helped us get my husband's 401k as a partial distribution and a partial IRA. We were able to spend three hours there with her lining us out. I'm so thankful for you giving me such sound guidance, but it's not just that. You're going to (laughs) cry. You've given me room to breathe, breathe in capital letters. Very few times are you know, all caps appropriate. I think this one is. And a clear vision of the light, again, all caps, at the end of the tunnel. We are still waiting for Fidelity to issue the distribution check, but the IRA paperwork came in the mail today. And then she goes on. She has a sad story of a dad that is potentially at the end of his life, and she's asking for guidance on that. But we were able to breathe. We saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. The state of mind change is huge. So yeah, tell us. So they were prepared to take a full distribution from her husband's 401k. Unfortunately, he's feeling the consequences of the COVID long haul symptoms. He's not able to go back to work, but they're waiting for that approval from social security disability. Now with their budget, the debts that they currently have, those debt payments are putting them in the red every single month without him working. But by taking a partial distribution, they would be able to pay off those debts and now have a positive cash flow and still retain some of that retirement plan balance for down the road. Because, you know, what we did is we ran a a retirement plan estimator, assuming that money was gone, assuming that they made that partial distribution and how over the course of what's left of her career, they could still be on track for retirement. 
So she felt so guilty about taking a distribution, but I don't think that they had ever thought about a partial distribution. So, and I'm really glad that they reached out for help from a financial advisor. I can't say that everyone is equipped to make investing decisions on their own. So I'm glad now they have a partner there who can help them, you know, with the allocation of of what's left over from his old plan. But you know, she also spoke to after what happened with her individual family and they feel on track. Her dad does have some significant health issues going on to the point where he's lost his job, but not yet eligible for Medicare. And so there were a lot of question marks about how he can get the care that he needs. But yeah, we've been in touch since then. I had ideas. So she's kind of going out and looking into those ideas, whether we're, you know, extending his benefits through COBRA if I'm remembering, I think where they would like to go didn't accept marketplace or exchange plans. So, you know, going out and getting his own insurance wasn't going to be a much of a help for her. But yeah, so we were able to help her immediate little family there and retain some of those retirement assets. But then also, I really hope, you know, that's something that tugs at my heart. You know, I know what it's like to lose a parent whenever you're, you don't feel quite grown enough to lose a parent. So, yeah. I'm really glad I was able to be connected with her for that. Yeah. And so, you know, I think one thing that is so overlooked often by the financial services industry, you know, there's such a focus on, you know, assets under management. It's all numbers and rates of return is these are people's lives. And the difference between having enough money to get the right health care and not, or having a coach that can walk you through these difficult times and help you make decisions that are in your best interest versus what you might do otherwise, it's huge. It's life-changing. And if I have anything to say for those that are listening from the financial services or retirement or benefits industry, it's so easy to get caught up in the administration and the communication and the compliance. And, you know, all those things are incredibly important. But what we forget about far too often is the person on the other end of the phone, right, that's dealing with something really, really serious. And the benefits to them are a way to get them from crisis to stabilization to, you know, potentially save their life or save them huge amounts of money that make a huge difference long-term in their quality of life and what they're able to provide for themselves and their families. So I just want to end this with letting you guys know that we have actual end users that are going to come on and share their stories. There's so many people that have gone through this process from really having desperate or dire financial challenges to overcoming those and becoming financially secure. And it takes a huge amount of time to go through that full course. But there's so many people that we work with that want to pay it forward. And that was the inspiration for starting this podcast was saying, let's get these people sharing their stories, their advice. They've been through it. In many, many cases, you'll be hearing from people in pretty desperate situations that you probably think, oh my gosh, that gives me perspective about my situation because if they can do what they did, then I definitely can. And that's really what we're doing here with this podcast. And so tune in next time. You'll hear actual user stories and advice from the people who have changed their lives 
and are hoping to help more people change theirs. And there are a lot of people out there like that. I mean, you said that before, only 5% of Americans are actually, actually in that set financial wellness, totally financially well. So you're not like, to your point, you're not alone. Your employees are not alone. Instagram is not reality. (laughs) So what you see in terms of what people may be portraying, just know 70% of Americans report being under significant financial stress. So behind all the facade is a lot of challenge. You are not alone. And if there's one point I want to get across, it's that I think we can all be, you know, comparison is the enemy of joy, right? We can all be so worried about, well, wait a minute. looks like everyone else has their stuff together. What's wrong with me? No, trust it from someone who runs a financial wellness company where people are calling us every day for help. Most people do not have their stuff together and they need support getting it together. And that is across the board. And that is everyone. No one can go through this journey of building the life they want alone and get as far as they can without support. So that's kind of that's kind of that's all I got. So thank you, Julie, thank for you, Julie. you know you, lady. Thank you with for us. The lives are amazing. <laughs> and for being a good sport with not knowing what was coming at you and remembering all these end users. I know it makes a huge impact on you. So I appreciate you. Yeah. And thank you. And thank you. And we yeah. will see you for the next episode. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Financial Wellness at Work podcast from Financial Finesse. Join us next time for more stories, inspiration, and tips on transforming your financial life and future.